everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sex, Love, and Injectables. I am Heather, your host, and I'm all by myself today. It's kind of weird, but um, I like it. So how's everybody doing out there? You're not really all by yourself. Stop. I'm always here with you. They need to think that I can do this independently, You're John. Right. I'm going to go ahead and leave now. Don't I'll leave. See you later. No, don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Stay there, please. Okay. I need you. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> are you guys ready for 2020 to go home yet? Like 2020 is drunk and needs to go home. Y'all remember back a couple months ago, whenever it was 2019 and we were like, WTF, like what the F happened in 2019. And we're like, 2020 is going to be our year. This is it. It's an even number. All my numerology people out there are like, yes, it sounds like it's going to be a good year. And then I don't know what in the actual godforsaken hell happened, but going through 2020 for me has been like herding cats through water, except the water's on fire and the, the water's actually gasoline. So it's it's not getting any better. And I keep hearing projections from people where they're like, no, you know, I think it's just going to get worse. So I'm like, thanks, guys. I was really feeling good about the second half. Like I'm like 2020.5 is going to be my half year. But apparently it's not. So just put on your life helmet because it's going to be a ride. So now, I mean, at least quarantine is over for us here in Texas and is anybody out there kind of missing it a little bit? Because I'm not going to lie. I I don't want to re-experience quarantine. Like, I'm not going to lie. The first couple of weeks were nice. Like, week one, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I needed this. I'm going to treat myself. This is going to be good. Week two, I was like, wow, this is... I've never taken a vacation this long before. Week three and beyond... I'm not going to lie. And you guys know this. I'm not a good quarantine person. So, and I just remember (laughs) during quarantine, I'm talking to you guys about how, you know, we should really use this time to think about what is worth going back to and what's not worth going back to. And I really felt like Oprah during that, like it was deep. I was like, we should really have more work-life balance so that we can enjoy our life in our thirties and forties. And then when we retire, you know, here, okay, this is my thought. This is deep. Okay. So when we retire, that's when we get to stop working so much. And that's when we get to travel. But when we're at that age, apparently, I don't know yet, we're, we break, we break down. We're like an old car. Hips go out, our knees go out. We can't really do the things that we want to do. So why aren't we doing those things now? Well, during quarantine, those were my deep thoughts. And I was like, so I'm going to think about what I don't need to go back to maybe work a little bit less so that I can enjoy life a little bit more, but that has not happened I mean, I, I missed the mark on that. As soon as I got the green light to go back to work, it was, it was guns blazing. There were like 2000 women at my door and men, not going to lie, waiting to get their Botox injections. It was level hundred crazy. It was like, it was like the Coles line on black Friday. And I try to avoid black Friday because I don't like, you know, I don't really like a lot of people. But that's how I feel like it's been with injections. 
literally, I think that even if I had COVID, I would probably have people calling me to get their Botox and being like, you know, I don't care. Like I would rather have a smooth as a baby's bottom forehead and have COVID and it's fine. Like this is going to be really dark and morbid. I apologize for what I'm about to say. I would let, I would rather look pretty if I die from COVID than have all this like wrinkled shit on my face and be dead. I look, I know it, it sounds terrible, but it is what it is. That's, that's the way that it is. So I've steadily been working my ass off still like I was before COVID still trying to find work-life balance. I don't know what that means. It sounds really nice. So if you have achieved that, fuck you because I can't find it. So it's kind of disrespectful that you're bragging about it actually. So good for you. Anyways, I love my job. I really love my job. I know I sound like I'm talking a lot of shit right now, but I'm very blessed to do what I do. I love it. I know not a lot of people out there can say the same thing. So on that note, speaking of my job, I just wanted to remind you guys that I am an aesthetic nurse practitioner. We haven't really gotten to talk about that because I went on this tangent of my dating life because it really did get exciting. Like there was a lot of crazy shit that happened that I felt like we needed to talk about and it took 10,000 episodes to talk about it. And now I'm like, okay, I think we finally talked about it. Don't get me wrong. We're still going to talk about it because there's still more shit, but I just feel like we have to break it up a little bit and actually talk about injectables because the, the name of the podcast is sex, love and injectables. And Although I feel like I'm a virgin again and there's not really any sexing happening. Yes, I made that a verb. Uh, Love is definitely not there yet. I love my kids, but you know what I mean? Injections we can talk about because I do do that. So let's talk about injections and specifically let's start talking about Botox because Botox is, it's a miracle drug. Um, first of all. And it's one of the most common aesthetic treatments that people get. So I feel like we can cover an entire episode talking about it because that's how much I love it. Like if I had to choose between Botox and sex, actually, okay, never mind. If I had to choose between Botox and, um, I don't know, really anything else, butt sex, I would pick Botox because, you know, it's a miracle drug. So I, I just feel like we need to talk about this guys. Okay. So first off going back into the aesthetic realm, I want to talk about why I got into this industry because it, even though it sounds like it's cush and easy aesthetics is probably one of the most challenging jobs I've undertaken besides being a mother. And as a nurse, I've worked in the ER, I've worked in labor and delivery. Aesthetics is hard. And I get a lot of people coming in to, you know, my private messages asking and prospective injectors asking me what they can do to get into aesthetics. And it's funny because it's like, I never looked for this. I didn't know that I was going to be an injector. It kind of just found me. And I think I said that like maybe episode one, which seems like a thousand years ago, but it just kind of found me. This is not, it's not easy. So the reason why I got into this, it wasn't 
for the idea of it being cush. It wasn't for the money. Um, and I will say the only cush part of this is the schedule. I do, I do, sometimes I do miss working in the ER because it was really cool to see traumas and stuff. And I'm weird like that. But, um, you know, I don't miss working on the weekends or the holidays. So, you know, as far as aesthetic goes, because it is elective. I don't have to work those weekends. So that is, that part's cool. But the real reason why I got into this industry, this is going to be deep y'all. It's going to be deep like Edgar Allan Poe, but not like, not depressive. I, I got into this industry, honestly, because I think that there is a huge issue in our society where it, a, our society where there's a tremendous amount of pressure for people to keep up with this image that just doesn't exist because, you know, most of these images, let's face it, are filtered. And I literally have had people come into their consultation with their face tuned photos asking for that result. That's not realistic. So I think that not only is there that societal pressure for us to look perfect, but I also think that there's this bigger, deeper issue in our society where people lose, or at least they feel like they lose their value as they get older. And I've legit had a conversation with this woman and it was kind of sad. Like she was in her sixties. She was, um, she had lost her husband and, you know, she told me about how when she was in her, you know, twenties, thirties, forties, that she would walk into a restaurant and she would notice that there would be eyes looking at her and she felt beautiful. She felt noticed. She, people acknowledged her existence. And then at some point in her sixties, she felt like nobody knew that she existed and she felt like she didn't hold value. And that was sad. And that's not how it should be. We should not, we shouldn't feel that way. Okay. And I'm 34. I'm speaking how I'm probably, I'm probably going to need to repeat this to myself the older I get. Cause I know aging is hard. Mother nature is a disrespectful asshole. She has no, she's just rude. So I, we shouldn't feel that way. Like we should be proud of every year that we are older. We should embrace it. And let me tell you, unpopular opinion, probably this is going to be a debate, but Super Bowl halftime show, I was all about Shakira and JLo shaking their asses on there. You know why? Because that showed America that you can still be beautiful in your 40s and your 50s. And for the people out there that are like, well, my kids didn't need to see that. Girl, you are you serious? Because we were all looking at Adam Levine last time when he had his shirt off and our kids were still there. And we were like, I'm not mad at this show. We There's always some kind of controversial, like risque something that happens during the halftime show. This time ended up being JLo and Shakira shaking their booty. And I'm not going to lie. I was not mad at it because as an aesthetic provider, I was like, yes, this gives people hope. This lets people know that they are beautiful and people can still be looked at as sexually attractive in their 40s and 50s and beyond. Okay. Enough said. So I feel like we should embrace our age. And because of that, what makes me different as an aesthetic provider is that I'm never going to tell a client during their consultation that my goal for them is to make them look younger. 
I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that I want you to be 10 years younger or five years younger. And I know that that's a very unpopular opinion because you might be like, no girl, like I want to look that way. My answer to that is sure. But if you think about it, if you're, if you're 35, you really don't want to be that 25 year old again. You don't want to be that insecure 25 year old who doesn't know what she wants or he wants that doesn't know, you know, what path they're on. That's very insecure. That tries to make other people happy because you care what people think about. You don't. Okay. You want to be the age that you are. The goal for me is to help you feel like you're the most confident you. I want you to feel like the best version of you. So I don't do trendy. I don't do, you know, jawlines just because jawlines are trending on Twitter or Instagram. I don't do face slimming Botox because, you know, it's not for everybody. What I'm going to do is work with you, find out what qualities you like about yourself, and then go into what things that you maybe aren't very appreciative of. And we're going to come up with a plan together to refresh, to rejuvenate, not to reconstruct, but to help you feel and look like the best version of you. And that is not overfilled face syndrome. I also do not do that. I think that, you know, unfortunately we see a lot of overfilled face syndrome out there and that is just a collective situation of people going to injectors way too often getting too much done. And then maybe they, they feel like they look like normal or they get used to looking that way. Let me just tell you that there's a way to do injections where they look natural. And that's where I come in. My specialization is natural beauty driven injections. And there's a way to do that. So, um, you know, the reason why I'm on my platform talking about this is because there are people out there still, I don't know why, get your life in check. There's still people out there that are so against doing injectables. First of all, it's none of your business what other people do. So shut up. Um, but as an example, he's not, he's not going to listen to this. So I'm fine talking shit. Um, cause I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm all talk. Anyway, I got into an argument with somebody yesterday who looked me dead ass in the face and was like, why do you need to be fake? Just age naturally. Well, Chad, first of all, again, I don't need your permission to do what I'm doing with my own self. First of all, second of all, you, you know, do you get your hair cut? Why not just let it go natural? Do you eat artificial foods? That's probably not bad for you either. And there's several other things that I can say. I get the point that he's trying to make. Like, sure, it's endearing. You think I'm cute. But I don't see anything wrong with somebody taking part in doing aesthetic treatments to help them age gracefully. I don't think that that's considered fake. Can we just have a moment of uh, me telling you everything that I've done? I've had my nose done. I've had my lips done. I have my eyelashes done. I have hair extensions. I probably do five syringes of filler every year. Uh, and I don't have overfilled face cat syndrome. You can, I know this is audio. Look me up on Instagram. It's at injector underscore Heather. If you see something wrong, let me know. 
Uh, what else? I have my breast done. I've had a tummy tuck. I asked him to do some lipo sculpting. So it looks like I have a six pack cause I hate going to the gym. I try. It's hard to get there. I had butt injections done. Um, I don't know if I recommend that. I almost passed out for that, but I did that. Uh, what else? Literally. Yeah. Everything that I've done. And, and you know, what? at the end of the day, I can tell you this. I'm not fake. I'm not fake. I am the most real authentic person that I can be. The situation is I decided to do that because I wanted to do that. I'm healthy. I don't, I don't look in the mirror and think that I'm always ugly. I did certain situations to improve things that I felt like I was lacking on and my butt was one of them. Also my breast. Let's not forget that I was a teen mom that breastfed. So by the end of that, I had like golf balls and tube socks that needs to be addressed. Okay. It's not cute. Some people out there might be okay with that and embrace it. That's not me. So again, I do certain things for myself because I want to do them. I'm not doing this for anybody else. If it makes you feel better, do it. If something's bothering you, you can do it. And it does not make you fake. It does not make you superficial. It just means that you're trying. It's like, it's a car. You're getting a tune up. Okay. If you go to the gym and you're working out and your goal is, you know, you want to be built, you're going to the gym and doing something for yourself that makes you feel and look better. So that's my soapbox. I just, I think that, you know, this is a topic that in certain situations, unfortunately remains taboo and it should not be taboo period. So anyways, off my soapbox, let's talk about Botox. Um, that rhymed. I didn't even know that that I was a poet. So I'm going to start this off with a corny joke. And I told John and Mary, hopefully they're listening. Okay, good. Because I didn't tell them the joke. I just told them that I was going to tell one. And I just didn't want it to be dead ass silent because like, it's embarrassing. I have canned laughter <laughs> ready for you. Thank, can you please? Yes. Okay. All right. So here's the joke. Botox used to be a taboo subject. Now it's so common that a person can be in a room talking out loud about Botox and no one will even raise an eyebrow. <laughs> that was such a fake laugh. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all night. Um, so anyways, I'm not going to quit my day job and become a comedian because apparently I suck at it. But anyway, let's talk about Botox. I want to talk about, you know, a little bit about something and aesthetics often so that you, again, don't forget that this is what I do. So let's just start with what Botox is. <clears throat> Botox, or what I like to call it as a miracle drug, is a medication that is used to treat wrinkles. And it's not a magic eraser. So if you have wrinkles that are already set in, you get one treatment. It's not going to magically clear up your face. What it does is it works on those muscles that whenever they are repetitively moving over years and years and years, if you don't have the collagen to support, to support the bounce back of the skin, those lines are going to remain there and just get worse with time. So we use Botox to either prevent those lines from ever showing up or we use them 
we use it to treat lines that are already there. The misconception is, again, if you're 50 and you have deep set wrinkles, your first Botox treatment is not going to magically erase them. It could potentially, you know, make them better over time, depending on how well you treat your skin. Um, but the goal at that point is just to prevent them from getting worse. So who should get Botox? Literally almost everybody should get Botox. It is the number one thing on my aesthetic treatment plan for most everybody. The only time that I say no is if you're 20 and you're like, I just want to like get Botox because my friend got it. And, uh, you know, like, I just want to start early, save your money, enjoy your collagen and wear sunscreen. First of all, um, the other time, you know, ethnic skin, black people, you guys, black doesn't crack. You do not need to do Botox until later in life. Enjoy that. So, you know, it, it is different for different people, but I would say for the majority, everybody should do Botox. As far as when to do Botox, it really depends on a bunch of different things. I personally started at 28 because I looked at, this is rude. I'm sorry, but it's fine. She left me when I was a kid. I could see my mom and her forehead was a barcode. I didn't want that for my life. I don't have time for that negativity. So I decided at 28, that was a good age for me to start getting Botox to prevent that from happening. Um, you know, if you're 25 and you're fair skinned blonde and you sat in a tanning bed for all of your years and you also have the same poor family genetics, that 25 might be a good age to start. So it depends on a couple things. And that's where you come in for a consultation. And I'll be honest with you, because again, I'm not in here for the money. The money comes because I'm passionate about my job. I'm here because I actually genuinely love what I do. So if you are trying to get something and you don't need it, I have no problem telling you no, because that's a bad reflection on me as well. And I'm trying to, you know, do this for a long time. So that's my answer on that. Um, I did get a comment from somebody saying that their biggest fear with Botox was that they didn't want to look frozen. And my response to that is you can change the dose of Botox and I'm using Botox universally. There's four different products in the market that do the same thing. We're using Botox because everybody knows that name. Um, you can control the amount of movement that you have using the dose of Botox. So if you do a lighter dose, you're still going to have some movement. If you're like me, I want to be frozen. I want you to look at me and question what emotion I'm experiencing in a pleasant way. I don't want to look surprised all the time. I don't want to look angry all the time. I just want you to look at me and be like, you know what? I know you just went through that divorce and you're going through a lot of shit and you're like, your house is on fire, but you look exceptionally happy about it. And then my response is, Thank you. <laughs> it's my Botox. I'm actually really upset right now. Um, but that's, that's how I want it to be. And for an example, whenever I was first learning about another product that's on the market, I, I'm human and, you know, I like to use myself as an example so that I know how to relay what the experience is like to get a certain treatment. So I'm learning this new product and I completely did it wrong and I accidentally doubled my dose of what it should have been. And, you know, it takes a couple of days for that product to kick in. So when I got home, I was, I was engaged at that point <laughs> for a little bit. And I remember coming home and being like, okay, here's the situation. I accidentally doubled my dose. 
we I don't know what's going to happen. It's either going to be really, really amazing or I might not be able to see because I dropped my eyebrows so low that I, you can't see my eyeballs. We don't really know. We just have to wait and see. And, you know, the best thing happened. I could not move my face for like five months. And it just so happened that at the time, the COO of the company that I work for was coming into town. So I was like, oh my God, this is going to be really bad. But she pulls me into the meeting room and I'm sitting there just, just like with my frozen face. And she's like, you know, we were kind of concerned whenever we first got you on, cause we knew that you were going through the divorce and you know, you were in the process of dealing with a lot of things and life was heavy. And I just want you to know that you just, you look so happy. And I was like, thanks. At that time I decided not to tell them it was the Botox cause I really wanted them to think that I was just like the most happiest person in the world. So we're just going to go with that story. But the long answer to that is you don't have to look frozen. You don't. If you looked at me right now, my like right now I'm moving my eyebrows and you can't tell that I'm moving my, like, can you tell? Barely. Yeah. I can tell a little bit. But it's not like my brow's going to Jesus either. Like no, 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 no. Your brow's not going all It's in a there. naturally placed situation. So it's all about what you prefer to do with your Botox. If you want to be frozen, we can freeze you. Okay, if you real don't, quick test. You One, don't. two, three. Look surprised. Now look happy. Now look sad. You look exactly the same. I know, right? It's amazing. It's, amazing. it's so amazing. <laughs> it's a miracle drug. Literally, it's like holy water. You know, it's 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 holy water. It's of Jesus. Jesus made it. If, if we weren't supposed to have it, it wouldn't be here. Jesus made it. So don't feel bad about Botox. Okay, next question. How much does it cost? Because we all know aesthetics is expensive. That's why I work here. So most people spend about $350 to $450 per treatment. It's not that bad. And if you want something bad enough, you're going to do it. I'm not saying you should do this, but, you know, once you, this is a gateway drug. Botox is the gateway drug to all other things. So once you get it, you're not going to stop. So if it comes to the time where you're like, am I going to pay my light bill or am I going to get my Botox? Probably going to get your Botox. I'm not going to lie because... It's just light. You don't need it. Um, so yeah, usually three fifty to four fifty. Uh, how often it lasts is about every three to four months, and you don't want to get. First of all, if you're somebody that comes to see me and you say I get my Botox and it works for a year, it does not. No, it doesn't. Don't lie. And if you come to me and you're like, "Well, I use some other injector who did less and it lasted for a year," again, don't lie. Because if that were the case, you're not going to come see me. You're going to stay with that person. I would, because that person sounds like Jesus, and I can't perform miracles. So, the time that it lasts is three to four months, and you want to do it every three to four months because the whole goal is to continuously keep that muscle from fully contracting because it is that repetitive movement that's going to cause the lines to stay there. Um, the most common areas that you want to treat would be the forehead because those are your worry lines and in between the eyebrows because those are your angry lines. If you get those lines, you're going to walk around looking worried and angry all the time. So again, to Chad, I don't want to look angry and worried all the time. I just want to look pleasant. That doesn't mean I'm trying to be artificial looking. I just want to look pleasant, period. Uh, what happens if you just stop? Well, if you just stop, the muscle is going to return to normal function 
unless you've been doing Botox for 20 years and then you stop those, that muscle does weaken over time. It's kind of like whenever you go to the gym, you built muscles and then you stop going to the gym, that muscle is going to shrink. So that can happen. So it may not be as bad, but if you stop Botox, it's just going to cause those muscles to start working again. And then you'll see those lines. It does not make them worse. I've, I've heard that rumor as well. They'll be like, I've done, I did Botox from my twenties to my forties. And then I decided to stop because my best friend Becky told me that it was toxic and I didn't want to have that poison in my body. So then you stop. And then my, my wrinkles were worse than before. Well, that's because at 40, now your collagen level is very low. So it's a lot easier for those lines to become static lines because your skin just doesn't have that same bounce as it does when you're in your twenties. Again, 20 year olds. That's why I say, save your money and enjoy your collagen while you have it. It all goes away. Another reason for 20 year olds to respect your elders. Don't think you're better than us because you're cute and you still have your baby fat. You're going to become us at some point if you're lucky enough. And you're going to go through the same issues. So just leave, leave, enjoy your collagen and don't get Botox yet. Um, so again, <clears throat> as far as when to start, start whenever, you know, indicated usually 25 to 35 ish when it's too late to start. Honestly, you can start whenever you want to. The problem is if you come see me at, you know, 55, you've never done anything before. Those lines are very deep set. You don't have a lot of collagen. We're going to have a come to Jesus conversation. And that is going to be me telling you that I don't think that the lines that you've acquired over years and years are ever going to go away. However, there is a good possibility that we can improve or not improve them, but we can prevent them from getting worse. So, you know, it's up to you at that point. If you're Wanting to start Botox at 55, by all means, do it. Just know that that Botox treatment is not going to take them away on the exterior side. I'm still waiting for that treatment to come out. We're all waiting for that treatment to come out. It's not out yet. Um, the eyebrow lift. Some people come in and they're like, I just want to use Botox to lift my eyebrows. Look, you can lift the brows very mildly with Botox, but nine times out of 10, if you're coming in with a very hooded eyelid and you're like over 35, we're probably going to have a conversation about you being a surgical candidate because it, it's very mild. And most people don't realize that if you put too much Botox in the forehead, you're actually chancing dropping the brows. So this is confusing to talk about. Just come see me and we'll discuss it in more depth. As far as men, do men get Botox? Yes, we call that Brotox, and they do get it. Do I try to arch your eyebrows like a woman? Do I try to give you a baby bottom smooth face? Absolutely not. I think a guy is sexy with lines. I don't think a guy is sexy with super deep set lines. I think that it's okay for you to get a little bit of Botox just to soften it a little bit. Okay. And bonus, I've heard if you're in sales, that your sales go up if your face appears friendlier. If your face doesn't appear friendly, hence the angry and worried lines, you know, I could probably help you be a more successful salesman. I'm just saying. And in that, I also am a good salesperson. Um, where all can you put Botox? So just using myself as an example, you could put it in a lot of places. 
I treat my entire face. And I've had people ask me, like, do you do Botox? Yes. Duh. But I do this. And I don't discriminate. Whatever's in my fridge, I put it in my face. And I put it everywhere. I treat my chin. I treat my nose. I put it in my lips. There was one time that I put too much in my lips and I couldn't speak for a couple weeks. And it was fun. It's fun. That is not a reflection of my current abilities. That's just because, again, I test myself first before I do things. And it just so happened that that time I used a little bit too much and I just could not use a straw for a little bit. However, my lips looked bomb. So I wasn't mad at it. Um, What all products are there besides Botox? So this is kind of boring, guys. The name there's Botox, there's Dysport, there's Xeomin, there's Javo. They all do the same thing. I love them equally. If you Google them, you're going to see people that love certain ones. People are going to hate certain ones. They all are at the same cost. What we typically do is start you with Botox because everybody knows the name Botox out there. And then if for some reason, if you build tolerance to one or if, you know, whatever, if there's a promo on one, then we can switch you to a different one. So that's, that's really about it. Also bonus, Botox has been proven to improve depression. So I, and I don't know the correlation, so I don't want to like sound like I know it. I think it has to do with the fact that you're not tensing up those muscles that you normally do whenever you're upset. So maybe that has to do with it, but I didn't come up with that. It's science. So that's what it is. And then last but not least, is it toxin? Because I know that this is made out of, it's called a neurotoxin. Is it toxin? No. So essentially, this is going to get really geeky for a second. What is H2O? Water. If you add one molecule of O, now you have H2O2 and it's hydrogen peroxide. One thing you can drink, one thing you can drink and it will cause you to vomit. That would be the H2O2 because it's hydrogen peroxide. So anyway, my point is, yes, Botox is taken from a molecule that is toxin, but when you take it out of it, now it's inactive. So it is not toxin. It's not going to hurt you. In fact, ibuprofen, which I guarantee most of us have taken, is more dangerous than Botox. So that is my stance on Botox. I think everybody should use it. I want to talk about something different probably once a month in aesthetics, because again, I think we talked a lot about my dating and I lost a lot of my dignity during that. So I just wanted to, again, remind you guys that I am an educated individual that does aesthetics. So if you guys have topics that you want me to discuss, please message me. Yes. So we have a question, um, from the gallery. Yes. You ready? So I'm available. Peop- oh, good. Fantastic. Um, I came back in, by the way. I just didn't want to leave you alone in here for too long. I noticed and I like had a little anxiety. So thanks for that. It's okay. It's no, okay. it's fine. So um, what happened? So we had a person in the gallery ask, they've gotten Botox before and they were allergic to it. They had an allergic reaction twice to it and it was actual Botox. So what should she do? My first question was what type of allergic reaction is the person in the gallery available? (laughs) So I guess if they've had an allergic reaction first, I would say they could probably test it in a different spot, like their forearm to see if it was actually an allergic reaction that was related to Botox or 
was it related to the gloves or their prep that they used prior to injecting Botox? Because personally, I've never seen anybody have an allergic reaction to Botox. But if it were a true allergic reaction, then I would switch you to another product like Dysport or Xeomin. And if their symptoms disappeared with Benadryl, then that would be another reason for me to believe that it was an allergic reaction. Understandable. So here is the comment to that. Um, she got it done by a plastic surgeon uh, in Dallas. Problem number one. Just kidding. Do what? <laughs> Problem number one. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah. That's right. But before you finish that, the reason yes. why I say that, I love my plastic surgeons. There are some great injectors out there, but I see a lot of people say, like, I only want my injections from a board certified plastic surgeon. First of all, plastic surgeons are very passionate about surgery, so they don't want to invest too much time in their injections. So don't dismiss a nurse or a nurse practitioner or a PA. But anyways, go ahead. That was gotcha. my soapbox. So she said she got done by a plastic surgeon in Dallas, and she hit a nerve in her forehead, and she had a migraine for four months, twitching all in her face, water in eyes, neck pain, and severe jaw pain. Only 20 units. There's a lot of moving parts there that I would need to actually have that person come in to discuss with me. The headache for four months... I have heard people getting headaches from Botox, and to that, I would say definitely do a different product. I don't know if every other symptom could be correlated to Botox or if it was just coincidental, but it would be easy to see why they would correlate the two things. So what I would say to that is, sure, maybe she did hit a nerve. It's very hard to do that with Botox, so I would question that first, but I would say give it another chance, but maybe try a different product. Basically, come see me. I do all the things. All the things. All the things. If you didn't already know she does all the things, she does all yeah. the things. I don't just suck at dating. I am actually really good at my job. So That's also very true. Right? Any other questions from the gallery? Nope. That was it. Awesome. So yeah, um, I would like to talk about different things like how filler can be used very naturally. And Mary is probably going to show up here again on another show and we could talk about that because I do her injections too. Again, I do like five syringes every year and I don't feel like I look like a cat lady. Um, so we can talk about filler. We can talk about, you know, treatment plans for what you should be doing in your thirties and your forties and beyond. So please send me those questions so that we can continue to have stuff to talk about on this show related to injections, not just my failed love life. So again, Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this different episode of us finally talking about something that I do for a living that I'm passionate about. Please go on to iTunes, leave me a rating. I would really appreciate it. Share it with your friends, subscribe, follow me on all the social media accounts. And I look forward to speaking to you guys again on Sex, Love, and Injectables. Bye.